Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. We have the most amazing listeners, and many of you take the time to send us your questions. Today, we're going to answer a bunch of them as we continue Ask the Guys on the Real Estate Guys radio program. For investors, Timberland has become the symbol of safety. Global tropical timber demand continues to surge as the world's population increases. The need for managed, sustainable timber production forests has never been greater. When stock markets crash, trees keep growing. Direct ownership of fully managed tropical timberland acreage is now available to accredited investors. Prime valuable hardwood groves close to the beautiful Costa Rican border generate and maintain superior long-term wealth. Qualified, accredited investors should email timber at realestateguysradio.com for more information. Consider visiting our forest plantations to see for yourself. Email timber at realestateguysradio.com. This announcement does not constitute either an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offering made by prospectus only. For more information, email timber at realestateguysradio.com. Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. With me, financial strategist, co-host Russell Gray. Hey, Robert. We have such smart listeners. We do. It's amazing. And they're also humble because they'll ask for help when they need it. Yeah. Well, you know, what I've learned in life is that the most successful people do ask for help. And the most successful people aren't always the smartest people, but they're the ones that are humble enough to ask for help. And then they are naive enough to actually just go take action instead of overthinking things. Yeah, absolutely. Last week, we had our Ask the Guys show, which we like to do every eight to 10 weeks. And there were so many good questions and we didn't get to them all. And we just couldn't put them off another eight to 10 weeks because more are coming in every day. So it is Ask the Guys, uh, round two, I guess, uh, for this uh, season. So uh, we've got some great questions today. Here are our disclaimers. We are not tax professionals or attorneys we do not give advice we give ideas and information and with that said here we go this first question comes from steve in laguna niguel california a very pretty place yes i am a fledgling investor and i'm sorry if you've answered this question many times before but where does the beginner begin how do i turn what little knowledge i have into action should i start with a group or a mentor as you're aware, there is so much information available, and I'm afraid I may become an analytical quadriplegic, just hoping to <laughs> find awesome. reliable and trustworthy information connections from the onset. I just started listening to your podcast and unfortunately barely missed your 2017 Summit at Sea. However, I'm committing to be at the one in 2018. Until then, desperately seeking guidance. Thanks for any direction. All right, Steve. Well, first of all, congratulations for taking the step in investing in real estate. Most people, the majority of people, will never invest in anything besides the home they live in and some not even that. So real estate is arguably the greatest single investment vehicle there is and a wonderful way to smartly build a financial fortress around yourself and your family. So good stuff. You live in a beautiful part of the world, which brings up the first thing, which is to live where you want to live but invest where the numbers make sense. I think getting started is twofold. First of all, there's the getting started of educating yourself about it, and you're on the path there, good job. Then there's the getting started of organizing your life in such a way to be ready to invest. Finally, there is who do I listen to? 
a mentor. There's a lot of great meetups. There's a lot of great coaching. So we'll kind of cover each of those things. I think the first thing is getting educated on what's available and the kind of investor you want to be. Yeah, well, obviously, listen to the show. We've got hundreds of episodes, so go back and listen to them. And we have interviews with subject matter experts, active everyday investors. We talk a lot about our own uh, portfolio of experience and the mistakes that we've made and the things that we've learned along the way and the things that we've done well. And so that's all there. And there's other great podcasts out there. You know, we shouldn't be your only source of information. We frequently will appear on other people's podcasts, have them on our podcast. We think that's great. We're all part of a fraternity of teachers and content providers that are out there encouraging people to get involved in the great game of real estate. So that's number one. And that's largely free. And that just teaches you the language. It, it helps you understand the way people who are playing the game think in any culture you have to learn the language and you have to kind of learn the way the the rules of the road or the mood and the culture if you will i think also there what you get is you get a glimpse into all the myriad possibility there is in real estate investing there's all kinds of ways and places and styles of investing you got to try them on and figure out what's right for you because there's a thousand ways you could do it figure the one or two that makes sense for you and then you have to decide if it's time to step up to additional education and that usually comes with a price tag, events, seminars, mentoring, coaching, all those kinds of things that can enhance your education in the real world. The other thing that brings up is the importance of leveraging the things that you're putting in your brain and then getting them to come out your mouth. So what happens is you start networking, you go to uh, investment clubs, you go to places where there are other active investors. And now based on your listening to podcasts and reading books, you begin to be able to have conversations. You should be listening and asking way more than you're talking. You're not there to show off how smart you are because you can regurgitate something that somebody else said or something you read. You're not there to demonstrate your wisdom and you don't sound like the type of person who is that type of person that is obnoxious and nobody wants to hear from. But you will meet those people at some of those events. You will definitely meet them. And and then you have to ask yourself, is this person who's pontificating to me qualified to have an opinion? You know, what have they ever done? Who were they endorsed by? You know, any of that kind of stuff. So you start out with getting into these relationships and then you can begin to ask people in social environments, having dinner, having drinks, having lunch, uh, doing trips together, whatever, uh, what they're doing, how it's working for them, what they like best, knowing what they know now if they were starting all over what would they do these are great questions that you learn to ask over and over and over again and you're going to get different answers and so you'll learn from doing that so the the next step is to take your education and then put yourself in networks when you pay for education or you pay for seminars or you pay to be in groups you automatically eliminate a lot of the posers and pretenders because people who aren't real typically will not spend money to be involved in something. They'll go to a level, they, they want all the free stuff, which is fine, it's a great place to start, but at some point you wanna step up a level and you wanna get around people that are willing to pay. The most exclusive environments are the ones that are also the most expensive. Our Summit at Sea, for example, is not inexpensive, but you're hanging around with 200 people, most of whom are millionaires, several are multimillionaires, and some are way past that. They're And they come from all walks of life, they're experienced in business, they're experienced in investing, they've made money, they've lost money. And one of the things you'll find is you get up the, the ladder in your social network, we found, is that the most successful people are also the most generous in terms of sharing their wisdom and the things that they've learned. And they're not trying to impress you. They don't need to. 
They're, they're sharing because they genuinely want to help you. They genuinely understand the value of what they've learned and they want to share it with the world. So it actually gets better as you move up the food chain. That's been my experience in life. Absolutely. And the other thing about hanging out with other folks is hang out with folks that are doing the kind of real estate you see yourself doing. Hang out with people that are going places and doing things. And again, back to the free seminars, that's one crowd of folks. You know, just in our business, a little backstage in our business. Years ago, we were doing 60 to 70 events a year and they were $49, $99. Somehow that seemed like a good idea at the $29, right? And, and we got a, a certain, you know, result from that. Today, our events are less frequent and a lot more expensive. And by doing that, we have attracted a very different group of serious investors. That's just a strategic choice we make. Now, you know what we still do and will always do? The free podcast for anyone who's just getting started. We got a big heart to help people that are brand new, but we also understand that not everyone is really serious, not everyone's ready to go, and there is an incubation period. Start reading, start talking to investors, start investing in some of these programs. Be careful before you select into your words, a mentor, because that's somebody that's going to have a big influence into your life. So just choose carefully, kind of discover who you are as an investor yeah. first. But then if you can find a, a great opportunity like that, that can be awesome. There's all kinds of ways to do real estate. You got to find the one that's right for you. I have one other comment that's kind of more a practical, tactical. Of course, this is probably me coming out of the mortgage business way back when. But to me, debt is the key to doing real estate. And so quickly figuring out how bankable you are, how lendable you are, meaning getting your financial statements organized and understanding exactly how much documentable income and documentable liquid reserves you have, going and working with a mortgage consultant who can coach you uh, from a credit scoring perspective, from organizing your, your loan application package, you're going to eventually put in front of an underwriter based on whatever the going criteria is, gives you an idea about what you can do. For most people, you know, that first investment uh, the best lending is usually on residential one to four. The price points are low. If you pick the right property, you can get decent cash flow. Uh, if you don't have a lot of working capital to get started, focus on something where you can force equity, add value, look for something that could be fixed up, converted, changed in some way, get that under your belt. And then the great thing is, especially if you do something that's owner-occupied, um, you know, Robert's first investment property was a duplex. He lived in one side and rented out the other side. Well, later on, when you go to sell that property, those are tax-free gains. Check with your tax professional. Check with your tax professional. But in today's tax environment, who knows, that could be subject to change anytime soon. But right now, you can force a lot of equity into a property, sell the property, and avoid any tax gains on it all, you know, capital gains on it, which is fabulous. That's, that's tax-free money. And then you can roll that into further investments. And then the other thing to do is just think about your team. Uh, you're going to need professional advisors. Uh, you're looking at approaching them. So your mortgage consultant is one we just talked about. Your tax advisor is another one. Uh, those are probably your two most important ones that you're going to work with on a regular basis, but they have social networks. So don't just pick the guy who's cheap. Pick a guy who's strategic or gal who's strategic, who can help introduce you to other people. If you go find a tax person who does a lot of work for other tax people and you say, hey, could you refer me to somebody? You know, do you know any active investors that are successful? Let me tell you something. There's a lot of posers out there, but the one guy who knows if somebody's real or not is the guy that sees the tax returns. <laughs> the guy that sees the tax returns says, this guy's real. Generally speaking, that's true. Ditto for the mortgage people. Because, you know, in a fully documented loan, you have to document all your income and your assets. So if somebody says, yeah, this guy's real, they're not disclosing anything 
confidential or personal. They're just affirming, yeah, this guy's not a, a faker. He's real. And so now you, you begin to be able to get networked. So every relationship is a door, a gateway to a whole host of other relationships. So when you're just getting started, use your studies to get you into uh, learning the language and culture, and then put yourself in environments. If you have limited money, buy yourself into some nice environments, and then pick advisors who are well-connected. And pretty soon, doors will start to open. You cannot sit in your car or on the workout bike or walk in the trail listening to podcasts and expect to become successful. So this is a gateway to getting out in the real world. It isn't the end all. You're not going to learn everything in a book or on a podcast. You've got to get out in the real world and get into relationships. But when you, again, have learned the language and you have something to contribute, and really it's more important that you learn how to ask great questions. You know, you're going to learn how to ask great questions because when you ask stupid questions, nobody wants to talk to you. You shouldn't be afraid of asking questions because the dumbest question is the one you don't ask. But you want to get really good at asking great questions of great people. And when you do that, that your learning, your connections, the deal flow, it'll all start to come to you. And that's probably, I mean, that's bonus time to me. If you master that, everything else will come to you. All right. Thanks, Steve. Hey, this next question is kind of related. So I'm going to group these together. This comes from Diane in San Mateo, California, your northern neighbor. She says, I've attended Fortune Builders Real Estate Education Program, a three-day event, which I thought was amazing. Any thoughts on joining one of these programs? They are costly, but I would have mentors and be surrounded with professionals to help me. I also know that one mistake could be costly. That's why I don't want to do this alone. Alone. I also attended one intro evening event with Robert Kiyosaki's group, and I listened to Del Wamesley from Lifestyles Unlimited on the radio every day at work. Any advice would be appreciated. Thanks, Diane. All right. Well, great, great question and lots of uh, stuff there. There are tons of great folks out there teaching. Uh, there's podcasts. There's educational series. There are coaching programs. There are mentoring programs. There's lots of that. And so I think in many ways, you're on the right track. You're trying different things. You're going to different things. And I think we can uh, paint a, a big a picture of context here for you. Yeah. I, I mean, here's the thing. All of these programs are going to teach you something that's valid. All of them are going to put you in networks of people that are serious because they're all paying to be there. And you're going to learn things that are useful and practical in the real world. If you go out there and Google around, you will find that there are people who absolutely love these programs and swear by them and have had great success. You're also going to find a whole bunch of people who tell you that they're ripoffs and they're scams and they don't work. Well, how can that be true if in the same program? Well, it's the same way that somebody who can say, oh, the economic depression was the worst thing that ever happened and I lost everything. And somebody else says the economic depression was the best thing that ever happened. I became a multimillionaire. Same environment. Well, how did that happen? Because it isn't about the external. It's about you. All programs work if you do. You will find value in all of them. And so I'm not saying you should or shouldn't do. We're not endorsing or not endorsing any of them. Uh, I think, Robert, to your point, which is good advice to Diane, is that the key is, is you get out there and you kiss a lot of frogs, if you will, and you figure out which one resonates for you. You said, hey, the fortune builders thing was amazing. That's great. Here's the thing. People who don't know what they don't know can be victimized. And I'm not saying Fortune Builders is doing this, so please don't misunderstand me, but can be victimized by people who sell education because you can sell someone lots and lots and lots of education. If you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, one of the very first things he talks about is the cash flow quadrant. And you've got the E and the S, the employed person, the self-employed person. And on the other side of the quadrant or the other side of the scale, you've got the B, the business owner, and the I, the investor. So the ESBI quadrant. People on the E and the S side 
have been trained, as most of us have in school, that we need to know how to do something. And the more we know how to do something, the better we're going to be. And then we raise our skills and we trade time for dollars. It's a mentality. It's a way of thinking. And so if you take that approach and you go to approach real estate, it's easy to sell you a training course on real estate taxation and a course on real estate finance and real estate economics and uh, appraisal and construction and on and on and on and on. And what you're trying to do is become a professional about 18 different professions. So you will consume a lot. You'll think it's amazing. You'll think you're learning, but are you learning what you really need to know in the real world? When you go out and you begin to find active investors and ask them, what do I need to know? What do I need to be great at? you're often going to find it's a very different answer. And it isn't a bunch of technical knowledge. You need to learn how to build a team. You know, we talk about your personal investment philosophy. You need to get to know yourself. And then you have to learn basic skills, conversational accounting, conversational due diligence, conversational construction. But you don't have to be fluent in these things from the standpoint of of being an expert. You just have to know enough. Now, I'm not saying any of these programs are teaching you things you don't need to know. But what I'm saying is when you go shopping for education, and make sure what you're learning is real world and not just theoretical. Not only that, what you're looking for is not a program that creates a dependence. You're looking for a program that teaches an independence or even better, an interdependence. Meaning there's a lot of programs out here, not necessarily the ones you'd have mentioned, that are looking for a lifetime of income from you because they want to keep you tethered to them. Now that can be great if it's the right mix, but just make sure that you are building your own ability, not just somebody else's. I'll give you a classic example. If you read um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I think it's in Before You Quit Your Job, Robert Kiyosaki, and he wrote uh, in Before You Quit Your Job that all entrepreneurs need to know sales. You have to be able to do sales. I've been to a lot of educational programs and they teach you, you know, how to fill out forms and how to do all this stuff. And what they don't do is they don't teach you how to sell. When you go in the real world and you have to negotiate a deal, you have to recruit a team member, you have to raise capital, you need to have sales skills. Very few programs teach sales skills. We started doing a sales class because as we were working with people in our syndication program, we realized these people, a lot of them didn't know how to sell and they were out there trying to raise money without sales skills. Somebody says, well, I don't want to be a salesman. Well, then you can't be in this business. Right. I mean, that's the end of it. You And really, you're always going to be dependent. Either you know how to get deals done, you know how to raise capital, or you work for somebody who does. It's just it's that simple. And so that's an idea of what we're saying is focusing on what works in the real world versus just consuming a lot of education going, oh my God, I'm learning so much. I'm so smart. This is amazing. But yes, but are you actually learning things that work in the real world? And are you doing anything with what you learn? Our motto for years and years and years has been education for effective action. We meet a lot of people who are seminar junkies and seminaraholics and they know a lot but are they doing anything? So make sure that if you choose a program, you choose one that has a propensity to action where you actually get something done. And if you're going to pay to join something or be involved in something, um, I would emphasize more on who's in the room and being part of a club or a program where you're going to be around successful people because you will learn more from the people around you than you will from the people in the front of the room. Oh, absolutely. You know, the guru only has so much time with each person. And if the program's big, you're not going to get very much of their time. You're going to get the third person down that they've trained and that person could be knowledgeable, but that's not necessarily what you signed up for. The people who are right beside you, who paid the money, who are taking notes, who are serious, those folks are an additional benefit. So we're big believers in education and the best investment you can make is an investment in your education. 
just choose wisely. Well, the idea is to emphasize investing in environment even over investing in education. And that's the key. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. It's Ask the Guys. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Live nationwide, you're listening to the Real Estate Guys. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com. This portion of the Real Estate Guys radio program is brought to you by International Coffee Farms, where you can own a parcel of land in your very own specialty coffee farm in Panama for as little as $15,000. Here's how it works. Deeded half-acre parcels entitled Specialty Coffee Farms in Boquete, Panama are turnkey managed professionally on your behalf by a team of local experts. Sustainable average income is estimated at 12% and cash flow can begin within 12 to 15 months from the date of your parcel ownership. International Coffee Farms' mission is to own and operate specialty coffee farms that are economically, environmentally, and socially sustainable. As part of this mission, 20% of the gross profits of each farm is committed to a socially sustainable fund to improve the lives of the Panamanian coffee farm workers and their families. International Coffee Farms currently owns and operates nine specialty coffee farms with half-acre parcels available for immediate ownership. To find out how you can become a coffee farm owner in Paquete, Panama, email coffee at realestateguysradio.com. That's coffee at realestateguysradio.com. If you love turnkey cash-flowing real estate, then Indianapolis is your market. Forbes just rated it the number one market for renters. As real estate investors, we love renters. Find out if Indianapolis is the right market for you. Get a copy of Aaron Adams' Indianapolis Market Report by sending an email to indy at realestateguysradio.com. That's indy, I-N-D-Y, at realestateguysradio.com. Hi, I'm Robert Kiyosaki, and I encourage you to listen to those wild and crazy real estate guys. They're the best, been working for years, and they know what they're talking about. Welcome back to the Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks so much for tuning into the show and for your great questions. If you have something you'd like to ask the Real Estate Guys, go to realestateguysradio.com and click Ask the Guys. This one comes from Kevin in San Diego, California. Is this our California show? It must be. A beautiful place to visit, that's for sure. Dear guys, if I syndicate a deal, my investors come in at 50% and I come in at 50%. When I refinance the deal down the road and return all the investors' money, do you guys usually give a piece of the equity back to the investor after all money has been returned? If so, how much of the deal? All right, well, that is a very specific question about structure. We had a pretty good question last week about structure, but here's the reality. The percentages are going to completely depend on the deal. In general, yes, if you're putting money in and your investors are putting money in, then you're going to split the return in some way. Now, there's two halves. There's the return that goes to the capital. Then there's the return that goes to the sponsor or the promoter or the syndicator. That's the orchestra conductor, the person that puts the deal together, finds the deal, vets the deal, manages the team, does the work, right? If you're wearing two hats, and we often are in syndication, my one hat is I'm the promoter, I'm doing the deal, I'm handling all of the transaction for passive investors. I get paid something for that. It could typically be a percentage of the profit. But then I'm also putting some of my own money in then I'm going to sit on the other side right alongside the investors. So I'm going to make a return just like they make a return for the money I put in. Some of my return comes from my capital. Some of my return comes from my effort. Yeah, and we actually use separate entities for those. We have a management company doing the management, and then we have a holding company that's holding our equity right alongside the other investors. So those two things are happening concurrently. It makes it very clear that they are different 
roles and responsibilities. In terms of what you decide to do, it's like we talked about last week, and maybe you want to go back and listen to that show, but the short of it is is you put together deal structures that are going to satisfy uh, the needs and the desires of everybody at the table. Everybody has to be at the table for the deal to work. And so when you get money back in your hands, part of it is when you give back somebody a piece of their equity, that's just a return of their principal. And so that's not taxable. If you have people who are looking for that, uh, they want their money back, then that's fine. You may decide, okay, now you've got your money back and you're still in the deal. You know, you have to decide how that affects their ownership or if it doesn't affect their ownership. So that's one part of it. The other part of it is if you give them proceeds from, say, a refinance, that has a taxable situation. If you give them profits, that has a different taxable. So your investors and what you're trying to deliver to them in terms of taxation, in terms of how quickly they want their money back or they don't, in terms of what the long-term future of the opportunity is, how long it is, if it's a long-term buy and hold and they're holding it for cash flow. So it's hard to say, oh, it should be this based on math without understanding what the deal is or the situation of what you're trying to offer your particular set of investors. Well, in fact, you're mentioning specifically when you refinance the property. Okay, if you are the principal, you're qualifying for a loan or a refinance, that's worth something. If your investors aren't, if they have no obligation when it comes to qualifying for the loan or no skin in the game when it comes to recourse on the loan and you do, well, that's worth something too. So you got to think through all the permutations of it, but don't get caught up in a number. It's not a 50, 50, 80, 20, 90, 10. None of that matters. What matters is who's doing what work, what does the capital get and when. It's quite possible that you refinance out to give the investors all of their capital back and now they're in for free and so are you. We love those deals. And yes, of course, you leave the investors in. I've seen a couple of executive summaries where the plan was, I'll get the investors to put in the money, I'll get the property to a place where I can refinance and pay off the investors and they're out and I own the property. Well, good luck finding an investor that's going to do that. The investor wants to play alongside the upside as well as the cash flow. Yeah. And again, it's whatever you can sell, whatever meets the needs of all the parties. If you can make that deal and it works for everybody and they accept it, that's not bad. It just, you know, you have to understand you're, you're not out there making these offerings in a vacuum. People are comparing whatever you're offering uh, potentially to other things. Now, with that said, it's not a perfect market. So there's a lot of inefficiencies and a lot of times you can do a deal like that. The challenge you've got is that at some point down the road, if people figured out that you gave them an unfavorable deal compared to what else they might have had just because they didn't know, well, that's like going and overpaying for any item you were to buy at a store. And then you wake up one day and realize, wow, I could have bought that same item down the street at this other store for less, you're never going back to that first store. So you have to ask yourself, am I primarily focused on what I can eat today? Or am I building a brand, building a network, building a reputation? Am I building a herd of investors that will go from deal to deal to deal with me? If you invest in the long term in relationships, then you will build a business of goodwill and capital that will follow you from deal to deal to deal and your life will get easier. If you don't, then you will always be beating the bushes, always trying to turn over, looking for that naive investor who will overpay the first time and you can take advantage of them. And then you'll eventually, especially in today's social media world, eventually your reputation will be found out. Nobody will do business with you. Obviously, we have a slant 
we we prefer to build long term. Uh, we recommend that you do the same thing. You know, on the Investor Summit at Sea this year, we had a panel of all syndicators, and one of the questions came up was this about structure. And one of the great things about the summit is it's not just what happens in the moment, but it's those conversations you have afterwards. We had dozens of syndicators all comparing notes and best practices on what works. So uh, I would definitely recommend you get around people that are doing it as well. Uh, this next question comes from Stephen in South Lake, Texas. Hey guys, can you refer me to contacts that are currently putting together syndicated multifamily apartment deals? Thanks. Well, Stephen, we don't exactly refer people to deals, but uh, we do get around a lot of people that are doing a lot of deals. So while we don't uh, fashion ourselves matchmakers, a couple of suggestions. Number one, come to one of our events. If you come to the Secrets of Successful Syndication in September, primarily you'll meet a bunch of people who are looking to get into syndication, but you'll also meet a bunch of people who are sitting there learning how to vet a syndication, understanding the paperwork, the legality, what makes a deal click, and meeting a bunch of people that do that. The other possibility is the investor registry. Yeah, so you know we get this question a lot, and we want to meet the need. We just want to do it in a way that makes sense. So we thought about it and said, you know, Really, if you think about it, if you're if you're a bride and you're getting married and you want to coach up your guests on how to buy you a gift that you're really interested in, you fill out a bridal registry and then people can go look that up and, and know what to offer you. So we thought, well, that's the same thing. So, you know, when the new law passed and it allowed accredited investors to be offered private placements, uh, it opened up an opportunity for us in our business to promote. And we wanted to promote in a way that made sense. So in, in terms of relevance. So what you do is you just go to our website at realestateguysradio.com and you click underneath the resource network, you'll see investor registry and you just fill out a little profile form says, hey, this is what I'm interested in. Now, when somebody comes to us and says, hey, I've got this kind of deal or this type of opportunity, do you know anybody who'd be interested? We just pull up the list and go, yeah, we know people and we will allow them to send you an email telling you about the deal. So we're not involved in it. It's it's between you and them, but it's a way to connect people and it's simple, easy to do. Right now, it doesn't cost anything. Eventually, it's going to become a membership, uh, but the first year that you sign up, it's free. So just go there or you can send an email to dealflow at realestateguysradio.com and we will send you the link to the investor registry so it's easy to find and then you just go on there and fill it out. All right, good stuff. It's Ask the Guys today. Your questions are answers. When we come back, we'll ask you a question as we play Real Estate Trivia next. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Real estate investment advice right in your mailbox. Sign up for the free Real Estate Guys newsletter at realestateguysradio.com. If you love real estate and have always wanted to own your own business, listen up. The Real Estate Guys and their panel of experts want to teach you how to go full-time fast in the real estate syndication business. These next few years may go down in history as one of the best times ever to acquire investment real estate. There are deals everywhere if you know where to look and how to assemble the resources. The Secrets of Successful Syndication Seminar will show you how to make big money doing big deals from a team of experts that have syndicated projects totaling more than $1 billion. Don't wait for someone to give you a raise or create a job for you. Attend the secrets of successful syndication and learn how to build a team, raise capital, find deals, and make full-time money in six months or less. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. All the big players use syndication as a way to diversify risk, optimize profits, and earn big money. You can too. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click on events. 
Are you ready to profit in paradise? Hi, it's Robert Helms. And if you think real estate investing means tenants, toilets, and termites, think again. Located just a short plane ride from the U.S., a virtually untouched paradise awaits. The beautiful country of Belize. When you go to Belize with the Real Estate Guys, you'll spend four fabulous days discovering one of the most intriguing real estate markets I've ever seen. With its jungle rainforests, pristine beaches, and 81-degree turquoise water, Belize is one of the most beautiful places on Earth. Plus, it's considered one of the top seven tax havens in the world. Belize property is on the rise, and many experts think the best is yet to come. But don't just take my word for it. Come experience Belize firsthand at our upcoming investor field trip. When you join us, you'll discover the many reasons we love Belize, like tremendously undervalued beachfront land, super low taxes, ease of doing business, and so much more. Get the details at realestateguysradio.com. Just click on events. See paradise for yourself. Click events at realestateguysradio.com, and I'll see you in beautiful Belize. Hi, this is Steve Forbes. You're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Have fun. You'll learn something. And welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. It's our second week in the row of Ask the Guys. Your great questions, our answers. We could do this show every week. You get so many great uh, questions, but we uh, try to answer the ones that we think will do the most good for the most folks before we get back to answering questions. It's time to ask you a question. It's Real Estate Trivia, your chance to win a prize by knowing today's Real Estate Trivia question. As soon as you hear the question, and know the answer, send us an email to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. If you do, and you're first, you'll get a great book. It's called Whatever You Are, Be a Good One by Lisa Congan. A bunch of great quotes. We love quotes, and there's some good ones in here that are illustrated by this amazing artist. Last week, we answered a bunch of your questions, and we asked you this question. In the year 1773, the first scheduled stagecoach route took place in the U.S. Where did it go? Well, the answer is from Baltimore to Philadelphia. Here's our real estate trivia question for this week. There are four U.S. states that ban billboards. Four of the 50 U.S. states prohibit the use of billboards. Name them. Which four states don't allow billboards in the U.S.? If you know or you just want to guess or even better, research, quickly get us your best guess to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Include your name, the answer to the question, your mailing address, so that if you're the winner, we can send you whatever you are. Be a good one by Lisa Congdon. That's today's real estate trivia question. It's Ask the Guys. Your questions are answers. Great questions today. This one comes from W. Just W. I've heard of him. Didn't he? Didn't he? Ran, he, he was president <laughs> I, for a little I, while. I don't think it's the same guy because it's a different last name. I mean, when they come in, it's it's first name, last name. And I usually just give first names, right? Gotcha. But there's no first name except W. W. All right. So W is from Philadelphia. I believe that's in Pennsylvania. So here's his question. Do you sell the recordings from the Investor Summit at Sea? No. Next question. <laughs> no, no, here's the deal. We, we've not ever, we've always recorded. We've never sold the recordings, at least not to people that weren't there, because there is a certain camaraderie and a certain freedom that comes when you're in the middle of the ocean and people are free to talk amongst themselves and it's not necessarily meant for broadcast consumption. This year we did something fun. Uh, the folks at Rich Dad Coaching had invited us to do a couple of live stream events last year and uh, we invited them to come on the summit and sub. And several of the sessions we did, we did specifically for our audience there, but with the full knowledge that everyone knew they were also being taped 
for future live stream events. So if you're interested in learning about them, we'd love to let you know about that. All you have to do is send an email to summit sessions at realestateguysradio.com. Summit sessions at realestateguysradio.com. They're not necessarily for sale through the Real Estate Guys, but Rich Dad Coaching also has these programs for about 20 bucks that you can watch and get some great information. So uh, we're planning uh, the 2018 summit right now. We've got some amazing, amazing things happening. Wait till you hear about the faculty coming next year. And we're talking already about recording it, but I'm not sure that we're ever gonna use that in any commercial capacity. No, because really on the summit, it's about stimulating your thought process and then getting you into conversations. And a lot of the learning is what's happening uh, outside of the sessions. And the other thing is, you know, we, we fear that people would look at those things and go, oh, okay, well, I, I've seen the video, therefore I don't need to go. Well, if you heard what we were talking about earlier, it's a whole lot less about the education than it is about the environment. And when people come onto the summit or other environments that we create, sure, we teach you and you're going to learn a lot. We've never had anybody go, oh, that was just a bunch of fluff and I didn't learn anything valuable. But what people rave about is the environment, the network, the relationships they build and the level of depth of understanding they get because of the way the information is presented and the environment it's presented in. You miss that. Don't get us wrong, right? We, you can learn a lot listening to podcasts, watching videos, all that stuff. You can learn a lot that way. But if you really want to master subject, it's like learning a foreign language. You can learn it you know, listening to tapes uh, while you're on the treadmill, or you can go visit a foreign country and immerse yourself in the culture and the language and learn the language. You will learn the language so much faster when you're in the environment. And so, so much better. And so much better. So that to, to us, the summit is the highest level event we do in terms of education and networking. Uh, we would hate for people to not come because they think they can buy the tape afterwards and capture the essence of the experience. You can't. You need to be there. You know, we go to a lot of these events that are produced by other folks, and many times there's breakout sessions. So there's several things going on at once, and very often they record the whole thing and they make it available. And we usually grab all that stuff because we couldn't be in every session. And again, one great idea. But it's not the same as being there, being able to network, meet people and all that uh, kind of stuff. This next question uh, comes from Philip in Southern California. Well, a lot of California, California yeah. listeners right on. Of course, we're on the radio as well as the podcast in California. That might be it. Uh, this is an interesting question. Philip is responding to our May 3rd newsletter where we talked about the potential impact of tax reform. And he asked this, dear guys, if America enters into a second violent civil war, where is a good place to live in America? I think the violence has already started as suggested by the below article and he gives link to an article talking about will the second civil war turn violent and uh, boy, there's a loaded question. I'll tell you what, after uh, getting back from this year's summit, there were a lot of faculty members who definitely believe that we've got some big time challenges in our future as a nation, as a world. And so being prepared is always the best medicine. The Boy Scouts, they teach us to be prepared. And a lot of what we've been doing personally in our portfolios, in our lives in the last five, six, seven years has been getting ready for whatever happens next. Well, I mean, think the fact is that economic cycles, booms and busts are baked into our economic system. It's the nature of the beast. The more we study the Fed, the more we get around people who study the Fed and economic cycles, we just know that's the nature of the beast. When you're on the wrong end of it, you're a loser. When you're on the right end of it, you're a winner. We talk about that all the time. Uh, there are people who made fortunes coming out of 2008. There are people who lost fortunes in 2008. And it was the same environment, so it was how well 
well you were prepared and what how you were structured and what action you took at what point in time. Most people don't have confidence in their own decision-making capability, and so they end up uh, buying late and then selling too soon. So it's just you get it backwards, and that's common. In terms of prepping and violence, you know, anytime there's economic distress, there's always the opportunity for civil unrest. So if you believe that to be true, and I'm not going to sit here and say that I think that's going to be the case, but we've certainly had that happen in certain places of the country over the last several years, and it's happened over the last several decades. I mean, I grew up in the 60s and watched the civil rights stuff going on and the, the riots and so on. We had the Rodney King thing, race riots and things have gone on. Prior to that, remember the bomb shelters that our parents would sometimes build? I mean, there was all kind. There was always that threat. There was threat of the unknown, and that exists today. So I would say if that's you, there's a lot of prudent steps you can take. Our great friends, Chris Martinson and Adam Taggart, I could not recommend more highly their book, Prosper. And it really is about how to not just survive, but to prosper in uncertain times. They've also got an amazing video course called The Crash Course, which teaches you a ton about what to do, how to prepare, how to be resilient. Their big word. They were first-time faculty members on our Investor Summit this year. Very, very likely to come back next year. And uh, super, super guys. Also, an optimistic bent. Not like the end of the world is here and so forth. I will tell you this. There are certain places in the world and your country and our country and anywhere you live where people have lived and been poor successfully, lived on a little money. And there's places that people choose to live where if all of a sudden the power to be out for many days and there was no economic commerce and things would get pretty ugly. So have a place you can go if you think that that's going to happen and pay attention. Yeah. So, I mean, let's just think about it for a minute. You know, if you're living in an area that's densely populated by people that are highly dependent upon the infrastructure, they're highly dependent upon government payments, they're highly dependent upon supply chains, restocking groceries, stores, and so on, and they're, they've done nothing to prepare. If stuff were to go sideways and supply chains were to be disrupted, just go back and look at Hurricane Sandy and what happened in New Jersey, you know, during that period of time or any natural disaster when that type of thing comes along. Some people go from being civil to being largely animals and they're fighting for survival. You don't want to be in those environments. You want to have a place to go maybe out in the country where you're around other people who are well prepared. You want to be part of a community that's well prepared. You know, so you want to get down to brass tacks. You know, it's people that have water, who have food, who have cash, who have gold, who have guns and ammo, and that are part of a tribe of people that are willing to go through difficult times together and support one another. Simon Black is a big fan of planting multiple flags. If you had disruption here in the United States, maybe, I mean, you talked about where could you live in the United States? Well, maybe you have a country place somewhere. Us, you know, we could go down and hang out in Belize. We have friends in Belize. We have business in Belize. And Belizeans, many Belizeans, they already know how to be poor. If the financial world collapsed, their world wouldn't change. They'd get up in the morning, they'd pluck a papaya, they'd go fish, they'd take a nap, and it would be largely the same. Their life would not change a lot. They're not depending on a government check. They're not depending upon socialized medicine. They're not looking for any type of grocery store supply chain. Now, I'm not saying you would want to live there your entire life, but it's a good place to hide out until things blow over. Jim Rickards talks about the possibility of a currency collapse, but he's upbeat about it. He's like, look, if you're prepared, you'll ride it out. The powers that be will figure out a new organizational structure for society. You'll have to adapt to whatever that is. So you just have to be able to bridge the gap. There are a lot of people out there who are fear mongering. And I don't know that fear is the right thing. Concern 
for things that are legitimate, absolutely. Chris Martin's in that camp. Peter Schiff's in that camp. A lot of people that we hang out with are in that camp. Robert Kiyosaki's in that camp. They see things in the marketplace that are concerning. So it's wise to be concerned. But the idea that I'm going to just go hide in a bunker somewhere you know, is probably not the the right answer. The idea is to be prepared to bridge the gap and have confidence, as Simon Black often says, humans rise. We're going to figure it out. We always do. We've been through bad times in the past. We'll go through bad times again. Read Prosper. I think you'll find it extremely uh, uplifting based on, you know, the idea that there's going to be a lot of opportunity uh, created if you're prepared. So, Philip, there's our big, long answer to your short question. We could go on and on about this, but I think we've uh, made most of the point. So thank you for that. It's Ask the Guys today. Your questions, our answers on the Real Estate Guys radio program. Need help with your real estate investment portfolio? Check out the resources page at realestateguysradio.com. Hi, this is Patrick Donahoe, CEO of Paradigm Life. Wall Street and banks spend billions of dollars per year in advertising with the goal to convince you that they are the solution. But take a look around. None of their advice has worked. If you're listening to this, odds are pretty good that you're already a real estate investor or at least becoming one. So why do you do it? Is it to hedge inflation, the tax benefits, or maybe it's to get your money away from Wall Street? It's because of these benefits and so many more that I created the Real Estate Investor's Guide to the Perpetual Wealth Strategy. When you combine successful real estate investing with the Perpetual Wealth Strategy, you have the recipe for what has helped the wealthy to establish their financial well-being for decades. You can download the Real Estate Investor's Guide to the Perpetual Wealth Strategy today by clicking the Resources tab on the Real Estate Guys Radio homepage. Don't wait. Go download it now. Memphis, Tennessee is a market that delivers in more ways than one. As home to FedEx, Memphis is one of the largest distribution hubs in the world. That means working class jobs. No wonder Memphis is one of the best cash flow real estate markets in America. And the guy in Memphis who can deliver great affordable cash flow turnkey properties is Terry Kerr at Mid-South Home Buyers. Contact Terry through the resource section at realestateguysradio.com. And be sure to order Terry's Tips for Turnkey Rental Property Investing. It's free. Just send your request to turnkey at realestateguysradio.com. That's turnkey at realestateguysradio.com. Hi, this is Chris Martinson, author of Prosper, and you are listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks for tuning into the show. Come on out to Freedom Fest in Las Vegas, Nevada. We're going to be there as we're always at this event. It's amazing. It's not our event. We just show up there and cover it as press. But uh, if you want to go, you'll find out the details on our website at realestateguysradio.com under events. It's Ask the Guys today. Your questions are answers. This question comes from Sam in Brooklyn, New York. And it's a long question, but a good one. Hi, guys. I've been listening to you for quite a few months now, and I cannot say how fortunate I feel to be in this era where I can listen to such golden advice at my whim. Your theory and approach just makes so much sense to me. You clearly know your trade, and I want to thank you for sharing this. Absolutely. It is our pleasure. It is what we do. Uh, My question is related to partnering up or syndicating. I don't have money. I'm $100,000 in debt from school, and I want to find deals and partner up with money or syndicate. I'm currently finishing school for social work, and I've learned a year ago about my hard interest in real estate, two very different fields, yet I've learned a lot about society and relationships, and I understand that relationships are core in real estate. Well, good job. That being said, 
I bought over 104 books on real estate up to date, finished about 25, halfway through another 20. I'm currently in two real estate seminars simultaneously, and I cannot stop thinking real estate. My wife, in fact, has become an expert. So here's my question. Sorry it's so long. How do I gain credibility with sophisticated investors? I actually have a pretty close-knit community, but realistically, my background doesn't represent anything in real estate. Why would they trust me? Is this an indication that I cannot trust myself? Do I need to do something more to qualify, even if clearly have a good deal that an investor will testify to? Thanks again for your time. Looking forward to hearing from you, Sam. All right, Sam, this is an excellent question, and we'll do our best to do it justice in our remaining minutes. But when you change anything in your life, you are being recognized for your past, and your future is uncertain. I met, met a guy recently. He's 25 years in a particular field, and he's just changed fields. He's loving his new thing, but his credibility isn't as high. When folks haven't done a lot in real estate and they get the real estate bug, this is a challenge. Now, fortunately, we've helped lots of different people shepherd through this exact challenge. Well, I think I'm a pro at this because it's exactly what I did. I was an office supply salesman in Silicon Valley and decided that I wanted to get involved in financial education, real estate investing, and the mortgage business. And so I went through this exact same thing. The first thing is I realized that all the people who knew me in my current life were not my best prospects right. because they already knew me. I was typecast, if you will. And so what I did is I studied and I tried to figure out um, who I wanted the new me to be, and one of my favorite quotes is, be who you're becoming. And I started to act and behave like that person. I got business cards, I presented myself and projected that way. So the first part of that is your image, your presentation, how you show up. And you know, your old friends may look at you like, who are you? You're, you're dressing differently, you're driving a different car, you're talking differently. That's okay, you're not doing it for them. They may notice, but it doesn't matter. And you can't let their old image of you drag you back to your old self. You just stay focused on becoming the new you. Then you go out in the marketplace and you start presenting yourself as you want to be seen. When I first met Robert, Robert had no idea I was an office supply salesman. I presented myself as a mortgage professional. He had no reason not to accept me as that, and he did. And then through his endorsement over time, other people did, and that is the next component there is association, is who were you associated with? And so I started being seen in places that people who were in the mortgage and financial business were seen, and I wasn't concerned about being seen in places what my old career was. Eventually, I got endorsements, and through those endorsements, I got a, a job teaching um, real estate finance through the California Association of Realtors, and that was because uh, the original co-host of the Real Estate Guys radio show uh, was a teacher in that system. He knew me as a mortgage person through Robert. He endorsed me. I got the job. I had to study really hard. Fortunately, they gave me curriculum and I did that for a couple of years. So my point is, is you can reinvent yourself in a new environment simply by adopting the persona of who you want to be, studying, and then getting around the right people. And as you do that, you will become accepted and the doors will begin to open up. And if we had longer, we could really go through this. We spent a lot of time on this a particular topic at the Secrets of Successful Syndication in the Build Your brand build your network segment i was just going to say if i could recommend anything to help in this regard it would be that one hour talk build your brand build your network on day two of the secrets of successful syndication so come on out to dallas texas and uh, that would be a great great place to learn this stuff the bottom line is this be who you're becoming and a great deal will help. If you have an awesome deal that's vetted by somebody, that's great. See if you can lean on them. If you can convince one person, maybe they can be your quote unquote lead investor and you can use their
their credibility. Partner to start. If you're hungry and you've got lots of fire in your belly, go out and dig up some amazing deals and then bring in partners. Busy, successful people need the help in that regard, right? And they'll listen if you've got something great. Don't waste their time with something less than great, but there's absolutely a way for you to get involved. Having passion and enthusiasm is one of the keys. So clearly you have that, and that's awesome. I would say 104 books, great, but the next thing you need to read is the purchase contract. So (laughs) don't have paralysis of analysis. Don't become the smartest forest investor around instead get out and start doing some deals and you don't need a lot of money to do that what you need is gumption and relationships hey that's ask the guys uh we're going to do another episode of ask the guys no doubt in the next uh, coming months so if you've got a question for the real estate guys go to realestateguysradio.com and click ask the guys until next week go out and make some equity happen this episode of the real estate guys radio show is brought to you by Paradigm Life. Powerful cash management strategies using life insurance. Learn more at beyourbank.com. Mid-South Home Buyers. Low-cost, turnkey cash flow properties in Memphis, Tennessee. Corporate Direct. Asset protection strategies for real estate investors. From attorney and rich dad advisor Garrett Sutton. Find these and other great companies under the resources tab at realestateguysradio.com. To learn how you can expose your product or service to the Real Estate Guys audience, call 888-489-7723, extension 4. That's 888-489-7723, extension 4. Or use the feedback page at realestateguysradio.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week right here on the Real Estate Guys Radio Show.